Submitting to any particular worldview is a massive commitment. Becoming a Christian, for example, comes packaged with a new set of assumptions about the world, as well as moral prescriptions that one must strive to follow. Today, we're going to talk about the practical cost of commitment. I'm Michael. And I'm David. Welcome back to the Face in the Gates podcast. Today, we're we're doing a little thought experiment. Thought. Yeah. Like thinking thought. Haven't done like, that in a while. Anyway. Um, it's called the cost of commitment. You know, as I said in the intro, every worldview has, has its cost, you know? Um, and especially now that we've visited several different churches, met many people, and heard their stories in conjunction with the topics um, of the previous episodes. Where are you now on the scales of belief, on the scale of belief? Uh, do you believe that Christianity to be plausible or likely to be true? Just kind of, it's kind of like a pulse check, like a heartbeat check. Because um, I probably asked you this back when oh, we did you, the, you did, you did. The end but, of the Christianity series. But basically now... Having yeah. done what we've done now, where are you on the scale of like likelihood of believing Christianity? Basically, both. Uh, uh, I'll ask both of you guys. Yeah, so. I forget exactly like the number, but I also real quick I remember uh, when we were talking about the old J man and like the historical versus spiritual belief as well. Yeah. For another time, we brought it up. Yeah. But no, I'm probably in the same playing field. I forget exactly. Probably like a two or three out of ten. Okay. Well, I mean, you also, if you don't want to, you don't have to put a number on it. Just, yeah. Just uh, I, I'm putting I'm, it like in a more, I guess, concrete terms. Where, where are yeah. you on that? Because it hasn't really changed my viewpoints much because my main issue is the kind of metaphysical, spiritual, the belief of itself in itself versus like, oh, this and that, and you know. Basically, everything that we've done. And the previous episodes, attending different churches and interviewing different pastors and whatnot, um, that all comes after yeah. the stuff that, like, you would need to. There, yeah. There's a bridge you need to cross, like ten miles back. Yeah, basically, that, is, is where yeah, we are. Pretty much for like, you, for example. And, and no, no offense to everyone we've been to because you've been beautiful time experiencing it. But but, but even if you yeah. one day were to cross that bridge, you have. Uh, some fun, kind some, of a roadmap for what yeah, lays ahead. Yeah, some fundamentals that most people don't even have. Yeah, yeah that's like uh, when your professor talked to us. Mm -hmm. They mentioned that the mystical side is really only reverent in older theology. Like, it's not accounted for in Protestantism. And so I think for someone like David, where he's brought up that he would need that it's not necessarily moving him closer to religion 
but it opens a different yeah. gateway. It but, allows him in. Yeah, it, as we've kind of discussed, it's not necessarily any of us. We all kind of lean more towards the orthodoxy kind of side with like the dots and everything, because in my like it, as I've said plenty of times, in my opinion, like uh, in the last the last episode, yeah, where like your professor asked me like, how do you view God? Mm-hmm. If the say short and it's like kind of otherworldly spiritual metaphysical something beyond the natural world yeah and that only make that just makes sense to me and explaining stuff like that so So, it's like seeing someone that kind of understands that and grasps that it's like okay if i happen to have some kind of spiritual awakening that's probably where i would go because it's like yeah got so basically that's like the graph that's the yeah the way I put it, the schematics that you have for it, yeah. basically. The way I would put it, you're in a house. There's no doors, just four blank walls. Someone bringing that up added a door. Yeah, for lack of better terms. So if you did experience that, you would have a pathway to explore. Yeah, not necessarily that you would find it into a means, but you'd be able to explore that and have some understanding of that. Oh yeah, definitely, and it's um one thing. So real like quick, speaking of different religions, real quick, it's why like I was uh fascinated with say like the modern Gnosticism movements and whatnot because it explored instead of just the kind of physical, the kind of metaphysical, the kind of beyond that because it's something that I don't necessarily feel or notice, but seems like others do, and I want to kind of see more into that. Well, really, all religions do that yeah, to some but, degree. You know, it's just certain, like... A lot of them just don't, well, at least the more popular emphases. ones don't emphasize it as much. Yeah, there's different emphases. Like, emphases. And, like, when areas. people say, God touched me, it could be one man, could be another. And for some people, it's, like, physically. And then other people, it's more kind of metaphysical, spiritual, right. otherworldly grass. And I find that personally more interesting. Okay. And that's, as I said, why I kind of, even though I don't believe it, I looked into, like, the modern Gnosticism movement and kind of Dalamites and whatnot, because it's something different than just, say, like, Baptists and kind of your, like, core main U.S. religion. What were you going to say, Michael? I have no... You were going to say something before. Real quick, so that wouldn't... that doesn't mean you're anti-theist you're open to theism but you would need to experience it yeah like as like i stated it's like it's uh because i do not i have not experienced it and i don't see myself necessarily experience it i lay myself in the atheist kind of platform so and we we probably already talked about this before but just to ask the question just so it's out there yeah um when we talk about, because we're gonna we're gonna do an episode uh, in the fairly near future on near death experiences, um, and then we've done an episode on paranormal stuff, yeah. and we're also gonna be touching on that again in a future episode. Um, in in these kind of supernatural experiences that uh, that that kind of lie outside the bounds of the naturalistic atheistic worldview. Yeah. What do you do with that? How do you make sense of that? 
it's, because because yeah. Sorry, I I know oh. I'm adding more stuff, but yeah. Because when I say, or when you say that you need to have a, a personal spiritual revelatory experience type thing, um, I I get that and I understand yeah. that, but there's also I I think there's validity in what other people say and experience and obviously yeah you can experience it personally yeah, and, and that's why i'm not a dick about it yeah so so how do you invalidate someone else's experience so how do you kind of incorporate that information that doesn't necessarily align with your worldview yeah. how do you kind of integrate that i mean it's kind of difficult honestly because it's something like even say in the modern day, unless you experience or have some sort of reference, you can only take a person at their word, unfortunately. Yeah, that's like. And it's like, now if I know someone that, like, been there when someone had some type of weird experience or something, it's like, it adds a little more validity, but the only clear, concise kind of view is your own. He's like, that's a unique life is a unique experience and unfortunately there's so many things that kind of corrupt your viewpoint yeah and to tie it to earthly views me and david have both seen addiction firsthand several times oh yeah to we've, say the least. we've seen evil people become more evil due to their addiction we've seen good people fall because of their addiction yeah we've or, seen people die because of yeah, their addiction. or good people try to just keep on even though they have a monkey on their back yeah and the only reason i bring this up is someone who hasn't seen that firsthand might not understand the severity of it might not understand that the control can have over people much like david might not understand the spiritual side that i experience or that you experience through my experiences at death's door now mm-hmm. through your religious experience but that doesn't invalidate them kind of if yeah. that makes any sense kind of, yeah it kind of that's well, what that's, I said. i'm not a dick about it yeah that's what i'm getting what, at is i know well, you like can't invalidate death, like what near-death experiences like i'll tell you like the closest kind of near-death experience i had and it wasn't really near death but it was you know i lost consciousness and all that shit i don't think i know this when i broke my wrist Oh, yeah, I think vaguely. Yeah, yeah. I might know this. I'll, I'll tell, tell a story later today, but most people think I was hit by a car <laughs> because a friend of ours got hit by a car a little bit after that <laughs> or before that. Uh, I, I forget. Well, when I when I say near-death experience, and we'll, again, we'll go into this when we actually talk about them, is, is like you uh, a near-death experience is when you have... Um, no heartbeat, no brain waves, but your conscious experience lives on. Yeah. Despite the fact that there is no material, physical uh, means of that. And there there are stories about these things, and that's what yeah, the near-death experiences episode is going to be about. Yeah, there, there so stories, we'll save it for that. Yeah, but, there's yeah. stories on both sides, and they're both equally honestly fascinating. See, I view near-death experiences differently, so. Okay. Well, like, we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll save talk that about for another episode. Yeah, for me, it's like I can't necessarily believe because I haven't experienced it, but I'm not going to be, a, I'm not going to invalidate. So basically, you someone's. can't discredit someone else's experience, and you're open to the experience. <laughs> yeah. and you're open to it, 
but you're not going to basically what what you do with that information I, with what other people yeah. say they had the, these experiences i take it in i leave it open but it's just kind of floating there and it doesn't really fit into a, a logical file under your view to so to speak yeah but but, but say, maybe say, one day that it yeah, will say if basically. something happens to me it might link to here and it's like oh shit okay yeah gotcha. because uh, i'm not because like say if when Michael tells me something, it's like okay, and I trust this word, but it's also just unfortunately his word. Yeah, you it's know. not that you distrust him; it's that that like you have a higher level of trust of your own perceptions over someone yeah. else's. Yeah, Inna- innately, it's not something I try to do; it's just something that happens. I mean, that's like he's not going to discredit that I've been shot at, that I've had a bullet almost hit me several times. But he hasn't first-hand experienced that. Yeah. It's like saying, oh, man, I took magic mushrooms. It was a spiritual experience. You haven't experienced that. David hasn't experienced that. So for me to say it, you're not discrediting me, but you haven't experienced it. Right. Fair enough. So yeah. That's a good analogy. R- real quick, David's not an anti-theist. He's just an atheist. Right. They can yeah. be two se- Just like theist yeah, he- and deist. The-, the core difference is I'm not a dick about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so kind of to get back to the question, because David's answered the question. Yeah, Michael. Michael. Are you a Christian yet? <laughs> I am not. I still have a lot of hurdles in the Christian denomination and with different theological respects. Well, which denomination? <laughs> we'll, we'll, actually, well, we will get to more specific questions yeah, on that as yeah. we go. But in different, basically on the scale of belief right now, I kind of, where are you? I'd say I'm... The way I put it is kind of similar to David. I'm in the same room, but there's a lot more doors. There's a lot more avenues for me to explore. And there's a lot more denominations and traditions for me to explore and see if I truly believe that. So when you say you're in, in, like C.S. Lewis would put it, you're in the hallway and there's different doors. C.S. Lewis isn't trying to get you into a certain door. He's trying to get you into the hallway. Is the hallway Christianity or is the hallway theism? Hmm. For me, the hallway would... See, because when I say it, I'm thinking of like... I'm in a room and it's nothing but doors around me right now. Mm-hmm. And so as I research and look into these different denominations and even different religions, I'm opening a door, I'm seeing what lies ahead... Like, say, I opened the Baptist door. I don't necessarily like what's there, so I, I don't believe what's there. I close it. Okay. Whereas with some of the more traditional ones, I'm opening door and I'm exploring a little bit, going down the hallway a little Open bit. Opening their door. I don't, necessarily, I don't necessarily believe it to lead me to the exit, but I'm still exploring it. Okay. So he, he's I'm like you're one of the mazes you get as a kid at a restaurant. That's that's kind of what religion is to be right at this moment. Okay. I know what I believe. We'll probably come back to that in a more specific yeah point later on. And I'm but. St- I'm still searching, but this has led to many more paths for me to explore. So instead okay. of looking through just Christianity as a whole, I'm able to kind of zero it in on certain branches of Christianity. Yeah. Okay. And. Eventually, I might find where I lie. I might not, but I'm always going to stay honest to myself. Okay. 
And so I want to say I'm any closer to say Christianity over anything else, but I'm exploring more branches of it, just like I'm exploring, exploring the different branches of Islam. I don't, I've explored Judaism. I don't really buy into it. I've explored uh, Hinduism. I don't really buy into it. So I'm more, I know I believe in one higher power. And through my pre, what's the word? What's the word? Preconceived Dis notions. Preconceived notions and predispositions. I align myself more with the Judeo Christian values. And so, therefore, I align myself more with the Christian values because of my history. But I'm trying to have an open mind exploring ones outside as much as I'm having an open mind exploring the ones inside. So, like orthodoxy. That's mm -hmm. total foreign to me. Yeah. But through my experiences, I'm exploring that more. So I'm having more pathways open up. For me, when I was uh, first looking into orthodoxy, it reminded me because I had just taken a uh, world religions course. And it reminded me, at least the when I went to the Greek church, um, it reminded me of Islam a little bit in terms of the chant because the, the root is Byzantium and they, they use the same yeah, root yeah. of the, style of chant. As we know, Islam kind of is like a weird kind of... Yeah, it, it's kind of the chicken or the egg kind of situation. Who, who knows? I don't really know which, I, I, I which came think, first. Like, I, I think Christianity came first and Islam was yeah. a splinter. Well, yeah. And it's like, so... I know Christianity came first, but I don't... Middle East religion, so they're going follow they're going to do similar things based on the culture of the time yeah i know historically christianity came first but i don't know which one did the byzantine chant first is the thing uh it's, i'd have to look yeah more it's probably that. probably like christian the beginning did it i would imagine and it's so. like a, it's like with yeah the protestant reformation i was like oh yeah all the protestants are doing similar things but slightly different yeah okay though with islam there's a more radical difference but anyway when I looked into orthodoxy, it seemed like kind of the best of all the world religions in a way. Um, I mean, still core at the root Christianity, but it had a lot more of a spiritual and meditative, meditative, contemplative aspect. Ooh, scary of like, word. Of Meditation. Like, of like Buddhism, for example. Um, but anyway, um, I, I guess... While we're on that topic, um, since you're you're in the hallway um, and you're talking about there are doors and some doors you close and some doors you keep open. Well, some door I, I see it more so for him as some doors are open, but once he opens it, it's just another like dead end. A dead end or like a brick wall. So I guess what I'm getting at is what are the live options on the table for you right now? There's several. I'll tell you, I can tell you the ones that aren't. Okay. Pentecostal, well, Presbyterian, Baptist, more than likely Lutheran. So I'm leaning more towards the older denominations. But I'm still reading more into even the ones I don't believe in. Because... I know what I do believe in, but I don't know also what I believe in, if that makes sense. And I'm still making connections because I can read 
say Buddhist writing and I can find things I agree with and things I disagree with. Just like I can read Christian writing, find things I agree with, things I don't agree with. Right. So it's more of if I'm, for lack of better words, going to subscribe to a religion, I'm all in. Right. I'm not I'm not going to be nominal and be 50% and just say, oh, well, because I believe this, then I can forget about this. Because I can't. Yeah. It's like my main issue with Catholicism is the Pope. At the end of the day, that's my biggest hold up with that. Ain't the Catholic TV symbol. And that's <laughs> that's not going to change. Unless... It, I, I take it back. It can change, but right now it's not. Right. I'm still leaving my door open to it, but I don't believe it's going to change. And it, it may also be the way I've explained well, I've, papal infallibility I've to I've done you. more research into it. Okay. Because I've heard I Catholic spokespeople kind of give their explanation of papal infallibility. And apparently it's only been used a couple, like, twice in history. Um, and it's not as bad as it sounds yeah. when, when they explain it. I know. But it's still the principal matter and the yeah. demonstrable power of the Pope. Oh, that is, in my opinion, way too much. As you know, I'm I'm a history buff. I love history. Uh-huh. Like, talking to Father the White was like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Father Russ. Father Mark. Like, they know their shit. Yeah. And that's one thing that holds me back from Catholicism. It's history. Okay. Fair enough. And that's not saying they're wrong. That's not saying they're right. That's just my personal hold It's just like looking at the history of the more evangelical crowd, the more radical crowd. Their history holds me back even more than Catholicism. Because I've seen what happens the real day. Uh, as we say. <sighs> yeah, I've seen what if, happens today. If you get today. that, 10 points. <laughs> and I've seen what happens in the past. Yeah. And so I'm leaving those doors unlocked. They're all not necessarily open. Some are open, some aren't. Some are cracked open. But some are on. Some are wide open. And some are just locked shut with a chain lock and slide bolt. (laughs) And and some are unlocked waiting for me to come back. Okay. And so I'm still very much in the searching, but I've opened my eyes a little more. That makes sense. Right. So. I've put more. I've put concrete down on the house. And I've started to put some sticks up. All right. So if you were to name like the most likely live options at this point, because obviously things will probably change. Um, what are the most likely live options right now for you? Honestly, that is very hard for me to say. If you want to be completely honest, because. You're not really swayed either way. Yeah. I appreciate certain ones higher than others. Like I really find beauty in the orthodox ways. Mm-hmm. And especially the service we attended, speaking to the father and doing some research on it. But I'm also appreciate the beauty in Catholicism, even though my main holdup. Right. And so I'm, I'm, 
I know what I'm swayed against. I don't know what I'm swayed to. Okay. So, I, as I said, I can tell you what... I mean, when you're starting out on, on a journey like this, that's, I mean, that's understandable because yeah. there's only so much you can... And there are so many questions. Yeah. yeah. And the way I look at it is I've been on this journey for 23 years. The world is thousands of times older than I am. I'm not going to have all the right Depends answers. On who you ask. I might not be able to even begin to answer the question. What matters to me is I stay honest to what I know and what I believe in. And also, in that honesty, if I don't find the answer, at least I'm not a liar. Fair enough. That's my biggest thing. What about you, Bailey? What about me? Uh, uh, like, uh, what, uh, what are live... Uh, like, well, uh, what, what, how, how's this kind of... Exp- these experiences kind of led you because as we've stated before you kind of lean more towards orthodoxy and i i kind of have some ideas but i want to hear you say because personally i feel like it kind of leans you more towards it from the experiences we've had and whatnot but you're at least more like liturgical services and whatnot yeah but i also know you find the beauty in even services you don't necessarily align yourself with Right. Yeah. So, like Michael put it, um, having visited these services back-to-back-to-back and doing the interviews back-to-back-to-back, I've been able to kind of cross off certain traditions, kind of like Michael has. Um, For me, that would be definitely Pentecostal, definitely Baptist. Agree. um, And um, there was another one off the top. Oh, no offense, Pastor Trent, but Presbyterian. Yeah, we love Trent. You were awesome. Trent was awesome, but I just I can't buy Calvinism because of yeah. the implications of determinism. We'll have a barbecue with you, though. I just I just can't because I really think that determinism uh, is is nihilistic. It is ultimately. I mean, it, it makes God a tyrant. Um, all all the answers that I gave to the problem of evil eviscerate, and and it, it gives God. It, it just makes it really it gives it some make, ultimate power while the power it that we god have responsible it makes god responsible for for sending people to hell and because he he predetermined that they would go to hell you yeah. know what it one problem it gives me in that predetermination it limits god giving us free will it, it puts a limit on god being able to give us that free will yeah to lead our own way I mean, there's, and I know there's more to Calvinism yeah, than just this aspect, but yeah. if I can't get past that, then I'm not going to get to the other stuff. So yeah. that's just kind of where I am on that. Um, before I, I kind of like super definitely crossed off Catholicism, um, but having interviewed a Catholic priest and having gone to a service and been to the, uh, an actual like cathedral, um, I'm not as hostile towards it. Um, I, I do see a lot more beauty in it, yeah. and you, you really, still... it's made me kind of sad to see the way things have gone in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. um, because like there's just a lot of beauty in history and tradition, and it's unfortunately under the current Pope not really being preserved very well. I'd say over the past couple. That's just me. Well, I mean, particularly with the current probe, but obviously yeah. there have been other bad. No, I think popes. it's a problem with having something so long. You're going to have degradation, no matter. And with, I, with, well, with a human person, you're going to have 
controlling you're going to have degradation yeah um some of the other traditions like the methodists you know like i didn't know much about them but at least i'm aware of them now they're not you know most protestant denominations are not really live options for me because of issues for uh across all protestantism like sola scriptura sola fide that's a conversation for a different day but um if there were a protestant church that i were interested in it would be the anglican church because and even that has problems because the anglican church is so split and and you know you have your different denominations within the anglican church so um you know that's that's the most appealing to me but then again you still have the sola issues it's kind of the problem of choice right in itself because you're trying to find which one just kind of fits you yeah so for me um you know being that i've i've put my issues with protestantism to the side it's kind of like okay a lot of the hurdles that i would have to cross to get to orthodoxy are the same if i would have to go to catholicism so like sacraments and that whole aspect of things um i would have to cross the same hurdles for both so that's kind of been part of the journey but also i've been really thinking kind of philosophically about each of the church's approach to theology and everything because so it seems to me both theologically and politically because it seems to me that the catholic church when it comes to um theology it has a more progressive approach i put air quotes around that um not necessarily politically progressive but in some groups yes politically progressive but what i mean is there's more of an evolution of theology and more of a development of the belief over the years and you can kind of see that in the reflections of what uh, Catholics have believed over the years, whereas the Orthodox mindset to theology is more conservative. It, it tries to keep the traditions of what the early Christians believed and not particularly innovate on that too much. Obviously, there's a little bit of flex room, but um, yeah. Well, well, I mean, without any evolution, something will be dead. Yeah. So I've just been thinking about those two different mindsets and, and kind of taking putting the papal infallibility issue aside for a second and, and thinking about those two. Ultimately, I still am more drawn to orthodoxy just in a spiritual sense, but also, I mean, theologically, I, and also I'm trying to take things... The Orthodox Church has its own problems in its own ways, but... Yeah. For me, it's like yeah. which is the least problematic and which is the one that I can stay for the long to. for the long term, you know, because I don't want to be church hopping and stuff. So, for me, still, I lean more towards orthodoxy for that. But that's kind of been my thought process when it's come to these, and, and that's partly due to these episodes, but also partly due to just stuff I've been doing outside of it as well. Yeah, yeah because I mean, we, we've had like these have similar kind of conversations, and you letting us know how you're doing. For years now. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's also something you don't need to take just a month. You need to think about this. Yeah, that's right. Like, it's it's a long process. Yeah, but rather take the process and figure out what's right for you than just sit and be complacent. Yeah, that's like... evolution I, Without evolution of oneself, you're dead. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I still have big issues with organized religion. That, but I've had to put that aside to kind of explore religion 
So I can still accept the evils put onto by man and know they're evil and fight against them. But if there's something I theologically and religiously believe in, I can believe in that while also fighting against the evils of man. Because yeah. at right. the end, we're all imperfect. We're all, and that's precluded in the Christian worldview yeah. anyway. That's that's the doctrine of original yeah. sin. No, that's yeah. kind of also why I I have like gone to like the smaller churches because even though like yes, would the fathers, pastors, reverends, you know, want to preach a larger crowd? Oh, definitely. But with a smaller group. There's less chance of the corruption that happens when, say, church gets too big to control and whatnot. There's less corruption from humankind, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I've kind of always felt like religion is something meant to be more like personal or a small community because it's something sacred and you want to try your best not to get like the human mindset and corruption into it yeah and i i can't remember who said this but i've had to look at it this way a church is not a house of saints it's a hospital for sinners i i want to say it was pastor kenny that said that i can't remember who exactly said that i quoted uh tim keller saying it once yeah but but somebody did say it i don't remember who it was but i i've had to really think about that myself and accept that the evils that I'm against are also part of humanity. Right. And if I'm looking Humanity's to, fallen, so if I'm looking to religion, I'm looking for something greater than humanity. Right. And so that's in essence where I'm at. Yeah. I'm at that I'm at that crossroads of accepting the evils of mankind, but also fighting against them. Cause there's still plenty of issues I have with every religion. I can pinpoint issues I have with every religion but that doesn't make them any more invalid to me okay so kind of in a somewhat related vein um, I know this is it's going to sound like the same question I don't mean it it's not the same question <clears throat> do you want Christianity to be true so the, the first question was do you think it's true this one is do you want it to be true and this is more of like the I guess the psychological aspect of it. I want Christianity to be true as much as I want any religion to be true. In it's pure sense. I want there to be salvation. I want there to be afterlife. I want something higher than myself to believe in. It To me... Any religion that offers salvation or life past this one... I want to be true because my biggest fear growing up is death and falling into the void and there is nothing left. So that's the biggest reason why I wanted to be true. And that's the biggest reason I want anything to be true is the fear of the unknown because it offers a light and guidance into the unknown. So that's why I wanted to be true. Same as I want any religion to be true that offers an afterlife, offers salvation, offers forgiveness, offers grace. Yeah. But at the same time, obviously, um, I don't think any of us are pluralists here. 
We yeah. don't think that all religions are true. No. Um, because that would be logically impossible. So Unless. <laughs> uh, there, there, there are some people that think that all religions are tied together. And, I mean, I think oh, that there's that, some, it, it, it's, that's what it, pluralists are. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's wild. There's also people that. who believe Mormonism or Jehovah Witness are the only true people of God and will be the only ones saved. So as I joke, the Mormons were we, right. <laughs> we can strap all the time. Yeah. So uh, when it, when it boils down to that kind of relating to what you were saying, you hope, you know, some religion is true. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, I guess if, you know, I think for, for beating around the bush, we're, we believe that there is one that is correct. Yeah. And the others, you know, I mean, they may have correct aspects about them, but ultimately, you know, like like we talked about uh, in one of the previous episodes, you know, Jesus says, no man comes to the Father except through me. Uh, Muhammad says uh, basically the same thing. I don't remember off the top Muhammad of my head. Muhammad says a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, but basically, you know. Both Islam and Christianity have their own exclusive truth claims, and so mm. both can't be true at the same time. And yeah. Judaism, on says they're both wrong. For lack of better terms, they say they're both wrong. I mean, basically. <laughs> yeah, they're waiting on their prophet. Yeah. Um. So, when I say, do you? want Christianity to be true. I mean specifically Christianity. Do you want Jesus to be God? Um, because I mean, ultimately, like when we talk about Christianity and what makes it unique compared to other religions is ultimately I mean, it's core Jesus. You know, you have Jesus or Muhammad or you know, the hypothetical future prophet of Judaism. Yeah. I which, mean, in my opinion, we'll just call the him train John. on that one. But we'll, we'll call him John. If you, if you want me to be honest, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Because... I, I mean, a perfect world, yeah, because why? Most of my friends are Christians. I want... At, at least, if someone's calling me wrong, I'd rather be me than my friends. Yeah. I that, mean... No, that, that's coming from my filthy atheist view. I mean... Well, that's a very nice view for a filthy atheist. Well, I mean, I, I'd rather... <laughs> Take one for the team, but kind of that goes with mine. Said I want to leave the world a better place. Yeah, but I'd rather me have to do something than everyone else having to suffer for it. See, when I believe in a higher power, I believe in a higher power of grace and forgiveness and a higher power of truth. And I believe in a higher power that respect my honesty more than someone who says they're Christian but aren't and so it's it's kind of a double edged sword for me cause at the end of the day I could die tomorrow and I would be not necessarily vindicated in my beliefs that's the double edged sword that I lie on yeah. and depending on who you ask you either will or won't go to heaven I'm not <laughs> Yeah. Well, depending on who you ask, I might just wind up there. Yeah. It, it because you know, and people have different ver different beliefs on what means for you to go to heaven. Yeah. It some for some people it's like just be a nice person. Some people it's a lot more steps, and some people you don't even have to be nice. You just gotta follow these steps. 
And like in like how we view Christianity, like the best possible outcome. Yeah, we all it would be nice for it to be true for us to be judged on everything as a whole. But at the end of the day, we're not guaranteed shit. And so if I die tomorrow, there's a chance I go to hell. If you die tomorrow, there's a chance you go to hell. If you die tomorrow, there, there's, there's a still high, a chance. There's a high chance for me. There's still a chance. We all could be wrong in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we could just go up to a pearly gates like, David, Bailey, Michael, you know what? The Mormons were right. Sorry. David so, was the closest. So it's hard for me to really give an answer to that because... I don't necessarily believe in Christianity. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily believe in Islam or Judaism, but I do believe in a higher power that shows forgiveness and grace and understanding of the human condition because he's the one who made it, or they are the one that made it. Because putting earthly terms on them is kind mm-hmm. of, you know, yeah. Or we might I don't necessarily agree with putting earthly gender terms onto a higher power that's beyond all of that. Or we might just dying it sucked into the kind of one. It's going to be absorbed. Who knows? But yeah, so find out once you die and live a long life. Yeah. So honestly, I don't know because in a perfect world, we'd all be the same religion. We'd all believe the same and we all wouldn't know until we're dead. But this isn't a perfect world. And really, we're all just going on our beliefs over what really is. At the end of the day, David could be right, I could be right, you could be right. I hope I'm not right. (laughs) And so, I want to buy into Christianity Mm -hmm. as much as I want to buy into any religion. But I just don't believe. So that's, that's the again, the double-edged sword I lie upon. And hopefully in time, I find my home. Yeah. But there's no guarantee of that. Okay, so before we go on this episode for a million years, um, on that note, what are your current hang-ups or hurdles towards Christianity? The biggest one is just general belief. Like, again, that's the biggest hang-up I have is... I don't necessarily believe in everything that Christianity puts forth. I'm not taking away its validity, but I don't believe. Just like David doesn't believe in a higher power, just like you don't believe in Muhammad, I don't necessarily believe in Christianity. I was about to say, pulling a very David move, not being a dick about it. So, for example... um, like the resurrection of Jesus. You know, that's I, I still, kind of the essential. Yeah, I saw a photo about case. it. I'm still looking into it. <clears throat> okay. So that could change in the future. I could turn into a fucking Baptist for all I know in 10 years. So you're not like on the other side of that fence. You're still like kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm still. Discerning through struggling. whether or not that happened. Yeah, I'm still struggling with my own demons and then the fruits of those demons. And so the only thing I can do is stay honest. Because I can't lie to something greater than myself. At the end of the day. And so that's why I'm not saying I'm Christian. That's why I'm not saying I'm atheist. 
So when you say uh, the thing that's holding you back is belief, um, but that leads to a lot of different types of beliefs. Yeah. Um, what What do you specifically mean by that? Like, obviously, we talked about the resurrection aspect, but yeah, is it is it like I don't I, know if I believe in Orthodoxy or Catholicism or Anglicanism or or this specific little part about the Bible that says this or what do you mean? When I speak upon like Orthodoxy or Catholicism or in general Protestantism, I speak on those as if I was to believe in Christianity as a core subject. Okay. So like if I was to believe in Christianity as a core subject, uh, it would go probably Catholicism, Catholicism. Uh, Orthodoxy, Catholicism, Anglicanism, and okay. so on and so forth. Okay. But I would have to have that core belief in right. Christianity to build he, upon he's that. He's got the monotheist part, but that could lead to Zoroastrianism, yeah. Islam, Christianity, being a Dalamite. There's thousands of monotheistic religions. And I'm working on my own hurdles to find my endpoint because... Islamic is monotheistic. Judaism is monotheistic. The oldest or Astrianism. I mean, there's so many different religions that focus on one God. And so it's getting past those earthly hurdles and finding, for lack of a better term, spiritual enlightenment and belief. Because I believe we're as real as we ever will be. I believe that the sun comes up in the morning and goes down at night. I believe I believe that the president is president. But I don't hold that concrete term on religion. I believe there's a higher power. Or a God, whatever you may call it. I hope that there's an afterlife. It's kind of what I'm reaching for. So to put it in an illustrative example you are in the middle of a room and there's all these doors that are equidistant from you and that's kind of where you are as far as quote unquote hurdles is that you're there's just a lot of options available to you and you don't know which one is the most viable one I want to say most viable because my beliefs might not what I've what I truly feel is the truth might not be the most viable because orthodoxy for me in my current worldview is not the most viable Catholicism, so on and so forth. They're not the most viable. Most viable would be me to just stay stagnant because I can keep living the way I'm living. I can keep believing the way I believe. So I'm not necessarily looking for the most viable. Okay. I'm looking for what I believe in. Because if I believe in something, I'm willing to put all the effort into it. I'm willing to sacrifice for it. Like, let's say I believe that I need to leave my last job. I didn't necessarily have a job lined up, but I believe that was the right move forward. And it just so happened I found another job. I could have been months without a job. I'm about to leave my current job. But I believe that's the right thing for me to do because I'm miserable. It's like 
I like someone believing they need therapy or they need rehab. It's not the most viable. Most viable is just keep doing what you're fucking doing until you're dead. But the right thing isn't necessarily that. It's harder to stray away from what you know than to stay with what you do. Right. Okay. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, say you growing up, it'd be easy for you to just agree with everything you were told with bad with Baptist theology. You just shake your head, uh-huh, uh-huh. Keep on trucking forward. It's harder for you to stray away from that and find what you truly believe, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so I'm not looking for what's most viable, what's easiest to do. I'm looking for what I can put my whole heart, soul, and mind into. 110% because I don't half-ass shit. All right, fair enough. Real talk with Michael. Real talk. Mm. Welcome to the agnostic problem, the human condition. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next like group of questions, um, these are all kind of, for the sake of the hypothetical, assume you become Christian one day. Um, basically, what would happen? What would it mean if you were to become Christian? In a practical sense, how would your life change? Um, so, for example, are there social arrangements, friends or family, for example, um, that would change if you became Christian? No. no. Because uh, the simple fact is, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to show love to everybody. And you're supposed to be that light. Yeah. You're I mean, I mean, and like, more or less what I mean is, would people look at you differently if you suddenly became Christian? No, no, no really. I most people don't about. know I'm atheist. <laughs> So if I was Christian, I, I mean, I probably, most of your people would be like, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, mo most people just kind of ex especially in self expect you to be Christian. Uh -huh. So it probably wouldn't change. Okay. At least in the short term, maybe in the long term, something changes, but like most of our family's Christian, most of our friends, even though even if they haven't said so are Christian. There's very there's only like a handful of people that are kinda atheist, um, agnostic theist and whatnot. Yeah, the way that I kinda as I'll put alternative to kinda like regular Southern US. Yeah. I mean the way I look at it is the people I care about know me on a real level, know my struggles, know my triumphs know my demons and they wouldn't judge me for finding religion they would be happy I found something that makes me happy and if they don't fuck them cool that's all I can say <laughs> yeah alright um but, but we're also not gonna be type that just shoves it down your throat as soon as we find something nope sorry sorry for bumping the mic but, you know, rule number one, don't be a dick. How would your daily life change if you became a Christian? Or would it? I mean, the current way that I'm living now, for the past, say, month or so, it would, obviously, I would attend, start, I'd find me a home church and i start attending. Because right. that's a very important part in Christianity. Mm -hmm. But... I would only thing I'd probably do is start having more more prayer. I have conversations with 
a god of sorts, but it would be more direct and more of under the Christian mindset. Whereas right now I'm just talking to God. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I would my life wouldn't my daily life wouldn't necessarily change because I am trying to better myself. Because that's part of my spiritual path. But there, I would start having more. It would basically be more focused, basically, is what you're getting at. More focused in, like, prayer sense. And I'd find a church. Okay. But my day-to-day life right now that I've, for the past month or so, I'd still continue on that growth pattern. Okay. Um, are there things you would have to give up if you became Christian? I mean, currently, no. I mean, we're, the thing is, with the way I'm currently progressing, I don't think there would be because I'm. I'm constantly working towards a better me, towards pure sobriety, towards ridding myself of my desires and focusing myself on my needs. So it would be a constant growth towards that. Of course, I'm going to fall short sometimes. I'm going to slip up. We're, we're human. Right. And I hold myself to the same bar I hold myself to now. It's just I would have something else to reach for. Are there political implications to becoming Christian? This is a foreshadowing for episodes we're going to do later. But... With the way I perceive things... If I was become Christian... I would still believe in the right of every man has the right to do with their own. I can only be a light into the better side. I can only be a light into progress. But I'm not the judge. I'm not the juror. I don't know all the answers. So I can help guide you, but I can't drag you. And for me, spirituality and religion is a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. And so... Politically, I'm very, I'm very against the grain in the modern sense, which, again, for everybody out there, I'm not Democrat, I'm not Republican. I don't give a fuck about your party. If I feel something is right, or is a choice that should be given to the person... That's not going to change on my religion because that's my beliefs. And so if I was become a Christian, I would still believe like rights to guns. I believe everybody should be able to buy a gun. I don't give a fuck what you're, if you're a felon or what. That's just one belief. I'm not going to dig in too many more because we got more episodes on that. Mm-hmm. But like that belief wouldn't change. The right, the freedom wouldn't change. I don't have to agree with your freedom, but you, you have free will. You have the choice to make. 
I can't make that choice for you. I cannot guide you, but that would say the same. So where I lie politically, it wouldn't change. And it's a, that's a very personal question for everybody. Yeah. And so... And a hot topic. And it's also... At least, uh, I know this is kind of jumping, it's kind of jumping the gun with this question because, you know, when you first become Christian, you're not thinking 10 steps ahead of what it's going to, what the political implications yeah. of that are. Yeah. Um, this is just for the sake of the thought experiment, really. It's just to kind of get you to think like, hypothetically, if I become Christian, what does that mean in my life? Basically, that's the point yeah. of all this. Well, it, and with politics, as we've kind of said, well, as, uh, Father Mark said, it's kind of sometimes picking the best of two evils or deciding to stay out of that. Yeah. It's a really tough question because like, heck we've had discussions where we differ on like the, uh, the kind of the core that, well, the outside topic, but on the core, we have a same fundamental idea on how to improve whichever situation it is. Yeah. And I think that's human nature in itself. Yeah. Cause again, what's this arguing do crazy, it creates separation. What does religionary do? Create unity. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, to me, honest... People who are honest with themselves and with the people around them create unity. And religion in and of itself is honestly within one's spiritual beliefs, which create unity. It's like, I might not believe everything you believe, but you're honest with me. And we can find common ground on that. And that goes for both Bailey and David. We have more together than we have apart. Right. We would not be welcome in any political house. <laughs> and again, politics aren't earthly matter. And religion's a spiritual matter, but it does affect what happens here. Yeah. But politics are going to be construed and contrived and corrupted. You shouldn't let religion do that. Yep, and anyone that has ever looked at history knows that's the case with politics. And that's just my personal beliefs. I could be wrong. I could be right. It doesn't matter to me. Um, how does becoming Christian change your perception of yourself and others around you? Yeah, kind of in my eyes, it necessarily wouldn't but there would be kind of that because like in my eyes like for example with my friends I want y'all I want like you to do good I want you to better yourself though say if I became Christian I would also want you to be spiritually fulfilled and just kind of like a step above like a kind of same idea but also including the spiritual because you know I want you to be spiritually fulfilled and pushing forward just as you are now. And I want you to do good for yourself in the physical. So at least in my mindset and wouldn't necessarily change it, but I also don't want anyone to do bad. <laughs> Even my enemies, I want them to do good. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, if I have you around, I have some sort of care for you. I have some sort of love for you. I I do my best to have love for everybody. There's some people I, have, I know I have to love from a distance. But through 
introspection and in the feature therapy, I'm working towards letting go of my grudges, letting go of what holds me back, letting go of my any hatred. And so for me personally, it wouldn't necessarily change because I, I want to love everybody. I want to have love, not necessarily love everybody, but have love for everybody because there's a difference. I don't have to like the actions you're doing, but I have love for you. If you're broke down on the side of the road, I'll stop the help. You come to me with a problem. I might not like you, but I have love for you. So I'm going to do my best to help you. Well, that in a sense is a kind of a religious moral impulse Yeah. on its own. So I guess kind of the idea of uh, seeing humanity as created in God's image, for example, um, you know, if you became Christian and accepted that belief, um, I mean, even myself, I need to, you know, reflect on this more. And a lot of people should. I think a lot of people should meditate on this. Yeah. Even you, if even if you're not religious, meditate. Yeah. So, how would that affect the way you see other people? If you if you see them as, uh, as Jesus said, if you give to the less of them, you give to me. So, like, if you help that poor guy on the side of the road, you're helping Jesus himself. Like yeah. How, like that. That's a very profound implication. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not the greatest at it. None of us are the greatest yeah, at it. Yeah, exactly. I, I myself still have grudges I'm holding for the past ten years. I'm, but I know I'm working on fixing that. I'm working on letting go of those grudges. I'm working on giving up grudges I've recently gathered in the past week. I'm not perfect, but for me, and I know this can be said about Christian viewpoints. This can be said even about some atheist viewpoints it's not healthy to hold a grudge it's not healthy to hold any hatred because at the end of the day we're all human at the end of the day we're all just trying to find our way so what's the point of holding that hatred because I've had people I love dearly have things happen and I hate that I hate what they're doing and you can hate that. You can hate an action. But I still got a fuck ton of love for them. That if, if they wanted help stopping that action, I'd be right there. they call me today. Be right there. And so, I want, I want to see the best in everyone. It sucks seeing the worst in everybody. It really fucking sucks. Because... It's really depressing. And that's something I've been working on these past couple of years. And I still wake up some days and I see the worst people. But me on my own spiritual journey, one part of that is accepting the evil that they can do, but seeing the good they could also do and trying to push towards that good. If that makes any sense. Without rambling on and on and on. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay, so as the last question on this series of hypotheticals, 
Um, how does be- uh, does becoming Christian change your perception of the future? It gives me peace. Hey, it depends on kind of what you mean by future, because if you mean like worldly future, not necessarily really. I mean, like for me, because regardless, we're going to try to better ourselves and whatnot. Now, say if I was Christian, would I also work on my spiritual self? Yeah, definitely. But say like past that, yeah, it would give me a a lot nicer ending than into the void I go. It just depends on kind of what you view as the, if you view the future as just kind of here in this world, eh, a little bit. Oh, and it would get be like more kind of spiritually tuned and whatnot. It just depends on the exact. It's both. Okay. See, uh, because well, just just for the sake of the hypothetical, uh, I kind of fi- you know, I kind of like, figured with that one. Yeah. Sorry, you can go ahead. What were we gonna say? For me, it would give me peace. The reason being is, once I die, it's not over. People I care about, it's not over. There will be a just, and there will be a judge. And grace will be shown upon those that deserve it. And it would make me... Obviously, there's still things I'll die on a hill for. But every... Everybody has that. But it will make me feel I haven't died in vain. Because if I die right now, I have no idea what's going on. To some level, it I, would, it, if if you had that, I guess, security, so to speak, not, you know, that we believe in once saved, always saved, but just for the sake of words are limited, um, it kind of frees you from the anxiety of the unknown where you are right now. Oh, yeah, because I suffer from constant anxiety. Paranoia, depression, mania, you name it. Well, I mean, when you're looking through all these different religious beliefs, like, that's that's probably... Terrifying. Not, that's stressful. Yeah, yeah extremely terrifying. That's, that's not terrifying. a small thing. But even on an earthly means, it would mean that if we fuck up the world so bad, we all die. At least... I'd have comfort in knowing. Right now, I don't have that. And it would it would give me peace in knowing that there's something greater in myself that has more control than I do. Because that's, that's what I believe in. That's what I'm hopeful for. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I'm just human. And so if I was to become Christian and fully b- believe, it would give me that peace. That's one of the things I think that is one of the strongest advantages to Christianity. Um, I mean, really, I guess you could say with a lot of religions. a lot of religions is that it just it gives you hope yeah. for the future. In the words of an artist I listen to, I don't hate on religion more. It's all the ruling class left us. I can't teach you how to cope. Religion. Ending of itself, no matter what religion, is a fucking great coping mechanism to deal with all the stress and anxiety of the world. And you can look at it as just that if you want to. But if you're someone like me, I believe there's something greater. But I do accept that it is a damn good coping mechanism. 
And maybe that's the ultimate coping mechanism. Maybe all the drugs and alcohol you can flood it to your body won't touch it. And so, yeah, it would give me a fuck ton of peace. I go to sleep every night without worrying. All right. Well, I think that's, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think that's like. Got down to the real root of my issues right there. Yeah. It's been a real talk day. Yeah. At like 2 a.m. in the morning when we're recording this. 3.53. Close to 3. Almost 3 a.m. Cool. A little emotional right now. Yeah. It's been nice. Well, I think it's been good, you know, for the sake of talking through those kinds of oh, yeah. questions. You know, I, I think it's good to kind of have, like I said at the beginning, like a pulse check on this kind of thing. See where I'll stand. Yeah. Because at the end, end of the day, we all want something to believe in. Whether you're an atheist and you believe in nothing, or you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Obviously, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are the three, but you know. Or whether you're Islamic and you believe Muhammad was the prophet. You want something to believe in. And it really helps to discern those different beliefs and the implications they hold. And what if? Like, it would... This is a fun thought experiment. If you are in my shoes, looking towards religion to hold those implications above you and see where you fall, see what would change, what wouldn't. I think that it's a really good thing, really good uh, mental exercise. Yeah, thought experience experiment, and might help you find what you believe in. You never know. Yeah. All right. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, me too. It's been good. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add. So, okay. If you guys want to touch in on this, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. If you can rate us, give us a five-star review, please. Yeah. If you got any comments, questions, concerns, hit us up on any social media. You can email us at facingthegates.com. Facing, facingthegatespod at gmail.com. Yeah, facingthegatespod at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, hit us up on any social media. Comment on a YouTube video. Yeah. And we're more than welcome. We will respond. Yeah. Um, we also may at some point, and, you know, we've been talking about this the whole show, we might do a QA. and uh, a So if you guys send us questions... Um, it can be about any specific topic and we will answer you directly or um, if you want, um, you know, we we might one day just collect a bunch of questions and then do like a full on Q&A answer. It can be about uh, a Q&A episode rather. Uh, so it can be on anything that we've talked about today, anything we've talked about in previous episodes. If you just want to ask us like personal questions about like. I'm you an know, open book, so related I'm, topics. I'll, I'll answer any question. Yeah, so do that. Um, we're we're going to be, I think this pretty much wraps up this uh, series. I think this, it's been a somewhat related to everything we've been talking to, but it's also yeah. kind of been a little segue into what we're going to be talking about next. So uh, we're going to begin a, a short little series next on uh, 
the implications of worldviews, and this is kind of uh, a prep for that. So yeah, I think that's about it. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. And we'll see you guys next week on Facing the Gates podcast.